Hello, my name is Melanie Clark, and this is the podcast where I give my shiny two cents about life, love, and all of the above. You are now tuned in to Vodka Melonade. Let me pour you a glass. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Vodka Melonade. I am going to jump right into this week's topic because it is just burning a hole in my brain and I just want to get all my thoughts out and my opinions out. And that is regarding the new live action Little Mermaid. I want to give a disclaimer right now. There may be a few spoilers ahead. So if you plan on seeing it and you don't want anything ruined, I would go ahead and just pause right here. Come back after you've seen it, um, you know, so that nothing is just completely ruined for you. Um, truth be told, though, if you've seen the original Little Mermaid, like, you already know the gist of the vibe of the story. Um, there, you know, there's not too much to actually spoil, but there are a few key differences with the plot and some character development and some of the songs. So that I, you know, I want to give my opinion on. So I would go ahead and maybe, you know, put this to the side. Come back when you've seen it. Um, maybe you plan on seeing it and you don't really care about that kind of thing and you still want to listen. Maybe you don't plan on seeing it, but you're curious what I have to say. They keep tuning in because I just want to give all of my thoughts on it. I <laughs> have been thinking of nothing else but this movie since I saw it on Wednesday. Um, I went with Blue and I mean, I've just been clocking this movie for months and months and months since it was announced and I already knew I was going to support it um you know because of my girl Hallie you know she's Ariel she got a lot of backlash because people a lot of people are not happy because they made a fish a black girl and (laughs) you know so regardless of if I liked Little Mermaid or not I was going to go and see this movie but you know Little Mermaid is one of those um just one of the most nostalgic Disney movies from my childhood. It came out the year I was born and obviously I wasn't watching a movie or anything that first year, but it's one of the very first memories of like a Disney movie that I have, like right up there with like Beauty and the Beast. And so it just it just does have a special little place in my heart and just the heartstrings of, oh my God, it was just pulling on my heartstrings the entire time I was sitting there watching it. It is truly, truly just a magical story, you know, and reflecting on the original from back in the day and then just seeing it in a new light now. It's just one of the more magical um, Disney movies that they put out. Now, uh, we saw really, really late, not really late, but, you know, when you're over 30, a 10 o'clock movie on a weeknight um when you got to get up and go to work is late but (laughs) we went and um it wasn't too crowded in the theater which I love now I'm I've long you know it's been a long time since I've gone to like a movie premiere weekend that's definitely not my jam anymore 
but um so but seeing it within a week of it being released is like you know it's an accomplishment for me (laughs) but I wanted to make it a point to go ahead and, and see it um number one just to support it and you know make my little small contribution towards the you know opening week numbers um but also just it's really really hard to duck and dodge footage and clips and spoilers and things online um so I wanted to go ahead and just get it out of the way as soon as I could just so um nothing was revealed to me before I could lay my eyes on it so I'm glad we went when we went um but it you know luckily it wasn't too packed and I was gonna um I wanted us to go see it 3d but I you know I did read a couple of reviews where it was like you know it's not like super duper worth the price for the 3d because if you do that it's honestly it was like 60 something dollars for two tickets and we were like um I don't need to feel like I'm really under the water or maybe I do for that price I mean shit they should be waterboarding us for 60 something dollars but (laughs) we just decided to see the regular old standard and it was perfectly fine it was definitely fine maybe it would be nice and like regular standard IMAX like on a huge huge screen but that's just me being nitpicky but um yeah so again if you know most of us are familiar with the story so um but I hadn't seen the original in a very 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 long time probably like 20 years 20 plus years I haven't seen it um and I almost watched it ahead of time just to kind of refresh my memory but I'm actually glad that I didn't um because it it just made it that much more exciting to revisit like oh yeah that's what happens oh yeah like I forgot that you know blah 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 so it, it was just really really nice um Okay, so (laughs) it's funny because my review and my thoughts of this movie really came in waves. Like the first night I saw it, I mean, I couldn't shut up about it. It was like the most perfect movie ever. You know, it brought tears to my eyes. Literally, I was sitting there like I need a freaking tissue and Blue's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I am. It's just it's just so touching, you know, and just so beautiful and just so nice. It's such a big deal. So, you know, the first night, you know, you asked me this movie just, you know, it was just the perfect movie, right? Then I slept on it and the what I call the nostalgia goggles were taken off (laughs) and I was able to you know give it a more honest opinion and then you know a few more days went by and I was like okay like you know actually I really I think kind of think about this this would have been better or I didn't really like how they did that or you know I'm giving it a second thought maybe I really do like this character blah 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 so it just I don't know it was just coming in waves so um you know, for nostalgia's sake, it was just amazing to see, you know, and hear those classic songs like Under the Sea, Part of Your World, of course. I mean, honestly, that that clip of Part of Your World got leaked months ago, so it wasn't like a complete surprise, which I hate that, that it got leaked, but it was still really, really enjoyable and just so stunning to see 
and um under the sea i mean oh my god that whole scene it's it's my favorite in the whole movie by far it was just so well done so vivid so colorful so fun um you know just and it was really updated in a really nice way but it still kept the core of what made it so fun back in the day um but it was just like it's just stunning visually that whole scene is my ultimate favorite <laughs> and um they did add a few more songs to the to the movie um some i feel were a little unnecessary they gave like kind of a a rap song to scuttle and sebastian which kind of came out of freaking nowhere i'm like what is this it was a little grating on my ears um it was very uh obviously heavily written and influenced by lin-manuel miranda it had that hamilton feel to it and it was just i think it could have been taken out it was very very long too or maybe it was just dragging because it was giving me a headache (laughs) but it just i i think it was mostly because the you know person who was playing scuttle is aquafina and i think i already talked about my feelings about her in a previous podcast uh you know not thrilled to hear that she was part of this project she's very grating um she was okay i was tolerating her until this song came out and it was just like oh my god like just shoot me let's just end this so you know that was that was kind of difficult to go through and I was doing very well with her up until that point but I feel like they just pushed me over the edge forcing me to listen to this song and thank god it was a duet with Sebastian who was played by uh David Diggs um because he kind of balanced it out a little bit but um yeah I'm wondering if those of you who have seen the movie what you guys think of that particular track because I feel like it's there's a pretty big split down the middle of people who are like oh god I love it and then people who just absolutely hated it um it was definitely you know something they came up with from scratch it has absolutely nothing to do with the original they just included it in there um for creativity's sake I guess (laughs) this one girl she put it completely into words I couldn't even find the words but she described it so perfectly she was like it was just it was just like an assault on the ears you know it was startling it came out of nowhere and it but it's one of those songs where I feel like she was saying like the kids are probably gonna really latch on to so god bless the parents that are gonna be having a blast that all summer long because it's just one of those silly songs that kids are just gonna just eat up with a spoon so thank god I don't have to deal with that (laughs) but now now individually like as far as characters go um when I went into this I didn't really have an opinion on the actor who played Prince Eric and let me really remember what his name is it's uh, Jonah Howard King so I never heard of him before never seen any of his projects I'm sure he's done a lot of things um but I didn't really have an opinion on him going in 
And when he first appeared on screen in the first couple of scenes, I was still very neutral. But as the movie progressed, I was like 100% team uh, Prince Eric. He did such a good job. He was very charming, very sweet, um, just very, just very endearing. And he had these huge crater dimples on his face that were just too adorable for words. And it was like, it was like every scene, they were just getting deeper and deeper. And I'm like, oh my God, like this, these dimples are like as deep as the ocean, which is hilarious. But um, what really did it for me was just the chemistry between him and Hallie. Like it was just... It was just like a breath of fresh air. They just pair really, really well. And I think they, they selected a really good actor to portray Prince, Prince Eric because to me, he is one of the more interesting princes when it comes to Disney movies. Um, one of the more layered characters, I believe. And I was reminded of that as I was watching Prince Eric. Um, so I, I really, really love what he did with it. He actually got a song as well. They, you know, created a song for his character. It, it was okay. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, that was a little unnecessary. I'll never get those five minutes back. <laughs> but upon, you know, listening to it again, and then, like I said, it took a few days for all my thoughts to kind of simmer down and settle in. Um, I'm not I'm not mad at it. You know, he can carry a tune. He's not like the best singer in the world, but the song fit him. You know, you could tell they wrote it for him. And, um, you know, there were some interesting parallels that I read. People were comparing his song to the Part of Your World song, and they kind of mirror each other, and it lends itself to the, you know, I guess to the plot of they're from separate worlds, but they're very, very similar. And that's why their connection is what it is. They both want to explore. They both feel out of place in their own worlds. They both, you know, feel like there's more out there to discover. Um, you know, they're very adventurous and curious. So that song was like his version of Part of Your World. And when I looked at it like that, I was more accepting of the song. And I was like, okay, I can, I can see why they included it. Maybe if and when I go see this again, because I feel like I have two more times in me to see it in the theater, just to really, just, just to really, just, just to really, I don't know, take it all in. I think I can see it two more times, um, and still be perfectly entertained, but yeah, um, when I go see it another time, I'll, I'll give it another shot in context and see, you know, how I feel. Um, but that little review that I saw, it definitely did um, put that into perspective. Um, I feel like Ursula, <laughs> this character, I mean, what Melissa McCarthy did with it. I now with her again, I, I didn't really expect anything. I didn't think she'd do a bad job, but I wasn't sure how she was going to play it. Like, was it going to be campy? Was it going to be really sinister and scary? You know, because when it comes to Melissa McCarthy, like I see her in one of two ways. My first way I look at her is when she played Suki on Gilmore Girls and she was really sweet and like clumsy and charming and cute. And then there's like the other side 
where I think of how she was in Bridesmaids and it's like raunchy and like hilarious and slapstick and like kind of gross so I wasn't really sure what she was going to do with Ursula but I think she did a really really good job um it was a little cheeky you know a little sarcastic there was like that little bit of you know delivery that you can find in a typical uh, Melissa McCarthy role um but there was a lot of depth that she gave the character and there were some moments where she was genuinely scary I mean <laughs> like in the beginning it's like all fun and games but then things take like a more serious turn towards the end and I was like oh shit like she's not effing around here like Ariel, Ariel girl you better watch out so you know and it's it 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 was definitely very similar to the original but just I don't know the way she was portraying it I was I was actually really impressed um with with the way that she showed you know the rage that Ursula has inside so there was that um she sang the infamous poor unfortunate soul song um it was she didn't really like belt face it um but more like a sing song kind of a way where she's kind of like talking with the melody or whatever um but it worked they did it sounded like they did whittle the song down a lot um I don't know if that's because she's not like known singer um or what but you know they're gonna be cutting down songs that's definitely not the one I would have chosen (laughs) so you know I don't know what what the background is on that but I feel like she did an excellent job she looked great you know I know there's a lot of CGI work with a movie like this but um it just it just it just really really worked that was an excellent casting choice I can't think of anyone else that I would have chosen for it um maybe Queen Latifah just because I know she did the live version of it on TV recently um but that's the only one I can really think of but I think it would have been a different vibe with Queen Latifah so I'm, I'm very I'm very satisfied with Melissa McCarthy um now Ariel obviously played by Halle Bailey I was completely smitten with her the first time I you know when we watched it on Wednesday I thought that you know she was just perfect <laughs> absolutely perfect I still really think she's the perfect choice now but I'm a little divided at this point on like her acting versus her singing now obviously she has a phenomenal voice she sounds like just the quintessential princess Disney princess right and um I think her voice just was just so suited for the songs that she was given you know obviously she does her part of her world song but then they added a song called for the first time which I just I'm obsessed I've been playing it every day on the way to work this week um it's such a really nice song and it just kind of I don't know it just kind of goes just deeper into how she's feeling when she gets her legs and she's on land and that first day of just trying to get acclimated and I really enjoyed that now um, as far as her acting goes it's not like Halle Bailey hasn't done anything before she was on 
um, that show, what is it? It was a spinoff to Blackish, Grownish. So she and her sister Chloe, they were on that for a few seasons. Um, so she's no stranger to acting. Um, however, there were some points in the beginning where it seemed a little stiff. Um, but I kind of chalked that up to the fact that she had to do almost all green screen work if there was anything underwater she's talking to a puppet or you know somebody in like a in a, in a bodysuit like <laughs> so you know mostly nothing that she's speaking to that you see on screen was actually there so I'm kind of chalking it up to that but let me tell you when she got out of the sea got her legs even without her voice, <laughs> I found, found her to be a really striking actress. She was able to just convey so much emotion, so much like passion and so much curiosity and a little bit of a sense of humor. She was able just to have all that come through on her face. And I think that's really difficult to do, but she did it perfectly. And the chemistry between her and Jonah, played Prince Eric, I mean, for her to not be speaking, it was just, I mean, I was cheesing the entire time. There was just such like an innocent, playful, but still smart and like adventurous spirit just lying right beneath the surface of her eyes. And it just shone through the entire time and you could like see Prince Eric falling for her in real time and it just seemed so natural and organic and it was just so nice the kiss the girl scene that the another you know infamous song from the movie so cute so sweet so beautiful the way that they they did that scene and I'm literally I'm sitting there there's like tears in my eyes I'm blushing I'm like looking at blue like can we do this like can we go on a little rowboat and spin around it's so cute like it was just so just so magical and just beautiful to see but you know I think that's where her acting really shone um the brightest and that's not a dig I just think that you could you could just kind of tell in a lot of scenes prior to her losing her voice that you know she wasn't really seeing what she was talking to so it just it just didn't seem as organic as the other half of the movie but I don't I don't really it didn't take away from the experience of the movie in any way um it's just something that I noted I can be a tough critic sometimes so um that's just me again just being a little nitpicky but overall I think that all the casting decisions um were were stellar I can't think of anybody else who I would who I would think um, I loved the you know there's a little bit of colorblind casting um, the the queen the the mother Prince Eric she was black however in this storyline he's adopted so he was like found as a young boy now I'm gonna watch the original Little Mermaid so I can jog my memory but I don't remember Prince Eric being adopted in the original but in this so it, I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but it seemed like it was a different vibe in this movie where they specifically said that you know those weren't his parents but they found him when he was younger and they've just been raising him as their own and that lends itself to why he feels out of place and he doesn't feel like you know this noble blue-blooded 
royal, you know, man, he, he feels like there's something else out there that he relates to. So I don't know. I, I can't remember. Um, I mean, again, I was a kid, so maybe I wasn't paying too close attention. But I like that aspect. Um, I love the woman who played his mom. And um, the, you know, the plot of the movie is Ariel loses her voice. She has to go on land. Um, doesn't lose her voice, but she signs her or gives her voice away um, in exchange to be able to go on land and live as a human. And her assignment is to get Prince Eric to kiss her. Um, you know, and then she can stay up there forever. But if not, then she has to go back down and basically like be owned by Ursula. <laughs> so, um, two distinctions in this plot, which I thought were interesting was the first thing in the original movie, Ariel signs her, um, the contract that Ursula gives her, um, like physically signs it with a pen and you see her sign her name Ariel. Now people are like poking holes in that storyline or they have been saying like, well, you know, technically if Ariel can write her name, I mean, she can read and write. So when she gets up on land, she could just get a piece of, piece of paper and a pen and just be like, yo, Prince Eric, this is what went down. I'm a mermaid, but if you kiss me, we can change all that. And there's an evil witch down there who's just waiting on my downfall. So just make out with me and I'll explain everything. <laughs> so she could just lay it all out and then the movie will be done, right? So I think in order to combat that, um, and avoid any more hole poking. They didn't have her sign anything. They had her take a scale off of her tail and drop it into like the cauldron of Ursula. And that was the like, I guess, legally binding contract, which I thought was interesting and kind of cool that they paid attention to that and made that tweak. The other little thing they changed was, um, um, and like I, so Ariel in the moment where this, this spell is taking place, you know, Ursula lets her know, like, you know, get the prince to kiss you and you'll be fine. But behind Ariel's back, Ursula tweaked the spell to uh, kind of give Ariel a little bit of amnesia about exactly what she's supposed to do or how she's supposed to keep you know her human life so she kind of erases the part of her memory that is supposed to be getting prince eric to kiss her so it makes it a little more difficult um you know for her to make this this make this happen so she goes up there and if she gets kind of close to eric she kind of she gets a little shy and pulls away because this is all so new to her um, instead of going full force with, you know, the task at hand. So Ursula just really is just puppeteering <laughs> this thing very, very closely. So I, I kind of like that, that, that little bit too. I mean, was it necessary? No, but was it fun and made it a little more exciting? Sure. So, um, yeah. And then to that, um, in with the kissing and all that, they did tweak the kiss the girl song to be more, um, what's the word to be more, to have more consent instead of just, you know, go for it, go for it, kiss the girl. There's like a line that they switched to be like, 
all you have to do is ask, you know, go on and kiss her. If she says it's okay, like that kind of a vibe, which was interesting. I mean, it's like Disney's really just trying to cover all their bases here and make sure they're not offending anyone. Um, you know, they don't want to get canceled for, for something like that, even though it's already out there. But, you know, hats off to them for making that adjustment. Um, uh, when I left the theater... I was like giving it a firm 10 overall. It's such a feel good movie. It's such a fun movie. And it just leaves you just sitting there cheesing at the end of it, you know, and just singing the songs. And, you know, it's, I mean, God, that Under the Sea song, man, it makes me want to literally be a fish. It's just so good. So, you know, it tugged on my heartstrings. It just played to you know, the little girl in me, and I was giving it a solid 10. I think overall, with the couple of weird songs included, and just, you know, some of the stiff acting, I guess, and just little things here and there, I think I uh, now I give it like a solid 7.5. maybe even an eight actually because I've been listening to the soundtrack and I'm just like oh my god this is so good so I think now maybe I give it like a solid eight um I highly recommend like I said I think I have two more times in me I know my mom wants to see it and my aunt wants to see it um definitely will give them a heads up not to listen to this podcast (laughs) until um they do but I can definitely see myself seeing it with each of them um, at different times if if we have to and I would not get tired of it because honestly you know you go into it the first time like kind of anticipating what's gonna happen and you're like you know just kind of like you're you're watching it but you're kind of like anticipating the songs and anticipating certain parts of the scene and you know you're like oh I wonder how they're gonna do this how they're gonna do that I feel like the second time and even the third time I'll be able to just sit back relax and enjoy it and really take everything in and so I'm looking forward to doing that for sure um but you know, I highly recommend it. The runtime is a little over two hours. And I know my aunt was telling me that she read somewhere that, you know, some people were critiquing that length of time saying like, you know, is it going to be too long for kids? You know, are they going to want to sit and watch it for that long? But, you know, I was looking at some of the other Disney movies that have come out recently, and they're like an hour 45. I mean, the runtime, I just think, is going to be expected to be longer because they're going in more depth of the characters. There's a couple more songs. Um, You know, the plot points are a little more extended. And it's just, I just think it's necessary. But, you know, I guess you know your kids. If if you know they're not going to be able to sit that long in the movie theater then maybe you should just wait for it to be streamed on Disney plus but it didn't feel long to me um apart from the Aquafina rap that felt like um you know actual torture so (laughs) but other than that I I felt like it was sufficient I mean I wanted more honestly I wanted much more because the time on land that she spends trying to get everything taken care of is like three days in the movie and you know I just I could have watched 
them get to know each other without her voice. It was just so sweet. I could have watched that for like another hour, honestly. I want to see I want to see all the unseen footage. I just I just need all the content. <laughs> so, I, you know, and I know live action movies are kind of like, you know, people are we're all kind of just fed up with the idea of it. I mean, it is getting a little overdone now. Um, this is definitely, now I haven't seen all of them, but I saw Lion King, I saw Aladdin, um, have I seen any other ones? I mean, I saw Maleficent, um, but I didn't see like Beauty and the Beast or Cinderella, um, but I've seen some, but I mean, just from hearing about the others and then comparing it to the ones I've actually seen, this was by far the best live action. I think it translated the best on screen. Um, and I I know some people have an issue with like the way the sea creatures looked. I guess they, they look too realistic, but I think it was necessary because if this is supposed to be a live action, like the fish are going to look like fish. The crab is going to look like a crab. I don't know what you want here. You know, it's like, it's not going to be bright and cartoony like the cartoon. So I don't, I don't know why people have issues with that, but it, it, it didn't bother me. Um, but it just, I don't know, like I said, I think it just translated the best on screen and, but (laughs) I was reading something the other day of like a bunch of live action movies that, um, Disney has coming down the pipe. And I am just like, (sighs) there's a couple where I'm like, Hmm, I could, I could maybe get on board with that. But then there's some where I'm just like, are you freaking kidding me? So I heard about, I've known for a while that, um, Snow White was going to be getting a live action remake. Um, I believe Rachel Ziegler is Eagler, um, the girl from the reboot of West Side Story. That's where I know her from. She's going to be in Snow White. Um, I know that they were going to do like, I don't know if it's a spinoff or just like a, I guess it is like a spinoff. It's a live action Lion King movie just focused on Mufasa and they're going to do a Tinkerbell movie that's live action. I don't know if they're going to use Yara Shahidi for that, which would be really cool because, you know, they just they're they're coming out with Peter and Wendy um, and she plays Tinkerbell in that um, reimagining. So I don't know if they're just going to use her for that. If so, I'm on board. If not, I'll probably skip it. But even then, I can kind of see that happening. Now, I saw on this list (sighs) Aristocats. If you know the movie Aristocats, it's a cartoon. It's about this well-to-do mom cat who has these three kittens. Um, The mom or the, the, the human that is their owner, she's like, she spoils them to death. I believe she put them like in her will, like there's like a lot of money that's going to be left for them. Um, once she passes away and the butler and someone else, they like scheme together to get rid of the cat. So they end up out on the streets and they have to survive. They meet this Tom cat named Thomas O'Malley and he kind of shows them the ropes and helps them get back home. But it's like, you know, it's completely animated and these are house cats. I don't know how they're going to 
bring that to life. And that's just something I think they should just leave alone. There's just certain things that I just don't think is going to translate well. Another one they're going to touch is James and the freaking giant peach. This one is a classic. It's, I mean, I, I know it's based on a book and the original, it's like, it's, 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 the original was so charming and it was so awesome because it was, um, it starts off with like, you know, actual actors, there's an actual little boy and like people who are watching him. And then once it transforms into, you know, what James and the giant peach is, he gets shrunken down and he ends up on this peach. I, I kind of forgot the storyline, but the rest of the movie is like this stop motion puppet. I don't know, like, like claymation kind of a vibe. And I feel like that that lends itself to why the movie was so good. It was just so visually appealing. I don't know what trying to make it into a live action is going to do. I feel like that's just going to water it down and just make it so weird. I don't know how they're going to do that. Like part of me is like, I'm still going to see it because, you know, curiosity is going to be getting the best of me. But that's just something I think needs to be left alone. They're going to do, um, uh, what is it? Hunchback of Notre Dame. I mean, God, <laughs> um, the Sorcerer's Stone. I think they're going to do Jungle Book too. I mean, they're just getting a little greedy here. Don't you think? I mean, just seeing this actual list of, of things coming down the pipe, it's just, it's a little jarring and it, just doesn't put a lot of faith in just you know Disney and the studios and it's like nobody has any original ideas anymore you know I mean I don't know maybe if they were all quality but then you have stuff like Aladdin that wasn't really that good you know the Lion King wasn't really that good not everything translates and I just you know just let people just let people watch the originals if they want to feel something, <laughs> you know, you don't have to put millions of dollars into these lukewarm reboots. The sad thing is, you know, no matter how lame they are, people are going to go see them, you know, um, whether they seen their original or not, people just want to go see Disney stuff. But then it starts getting a little weird at Disneyland, right? Because right now you have the new... Um, Ariel, they have a, a character, you know, actor who's going around Disneyland as the new Ariel, but then you have the regular Ariel who's still there too. So all these reboots, you have these like live action versions who are there. Then you have the cartoon versions who are there. And it's like, do they just cross paths at the park? Do you keep one over here, one over there? Like, how does that work? I just think it's just getting a little... A little much, <laughs> but we'll see how the future of these remakes go. I'm just going to bask in the the beauty that is <laughs> the Little Mermaid. I can't wait to go back. I'm gonna see how fast I can drag, you know, someone to go see it with me again. Um, I'm interested to know what you guys think. Have you guys seen it? Do you plan on seeing it? Let me know. Hit me up. Twitter, Instagram, Adva Camelinate. I'd be really interested to know um, what you guys think. 
Um, I haven't been excited for a movie like this in a very long time. I know the next movie I'm excitedly waiting is the Barbie movie. Uh, my friend Tanya and I, we we're going to go and make a day of it. And I cannot wait for that. So um, I'll just be riding this wave <laughs> of Little Mermaid until Barbie comes out. But yeah, I'd be interested to know what you guys think about that. What do you guys think of some of these new live action remakes that are coming out um, within the next couple of years, few years? Do you enjoy these? Have you enjoyed the ones that are already there? Let me know. I would love to hear that. <laughs> and I fully intended to just dedicate this episode to the beauty and the wonder and the magic of this movie. Um, and that's just what I've done here. So um, hopefully I didn't ruin anything. I did give you fair warning. There's a couple of spoilers, but I definitely wanted to give my two cents on one of the biggest movies of the year. I heard it did a bank last weekend. I think it was like, did I read that it was like the fifth highest grossing Memorial Day weekend premiere ever or something like that? Something record breaking. It, it did really, really well. So I'm, I'm so happy that Hallie can ride that success all the way to the freaking bank because people are just so ignorant. They're just so close-minded, so just have such an outdated way of thinking. They're just so stupid. And she's just been a class act, you know, for the last five years. I mean, they announced this so long ago. She got cast so long ago. And she's been dealing with the backlash with just such grace. So I want all the success for her, all of her co-stars. You know, Disney can be problematic sometimes, but they got it right with this. And I fully support it. And I hope you guys go out and support it too. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hey guys, if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. Now there's a new episode every Sunday, so be sure to come on back for another round of Vodka Melonade. Bye.